Welcome to the Resilience Unlimited Show, your go-to podcast for empowerment and growth. I'm Coach Dr. Lauren, founder of Resilience Unlimited, inviting you to join our transformative journey each week. This space is specially crafted for high-achieving women, specifically women of color, where we can feel seen, heard, and part of a thriving community. This podcast is your compass for emotional regulation, understanding your purpose, and living unapologetically authentic. Ready to invest in yourself? All right. This is episode seven. No, episode eight. Yes. So if you are listening to this live, it is January 2nd of 2024. And I want to say happy new year to you. And I think that this episode is totally fitting because everybody always has new year's resolutions. Everybody's always trying to uh, you know, regenerate their energy, focus on their goals, all of those things. And I think what is critical is you can't navigate that energy and those goals if you don't really have a real plan. You know, you can stick to something for a few days, but I mean, where's the grit? Where's the discipline? Where's the consistency? So today's episode, I will be delving into the 15 ways to find your energy. Okay. Now I really want to ask these opening questions for you to really consider. I definitely feel like at least in American culture, we are always in that hustle and bustle. We're always like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. Especially if you're a parent, you're, you're working full time. You're trying to care for your kids. You want the best for them. You know, you still want to be able to do what you want to do, but you just feel like you just don't have enough hours in the day and you feel like you don't have enough energy. So are you, you're probably saying things like, I'm too tired for this. You know, it's been a long day or I don't have enough energy for that. Or I'm completely drained from filling the blank, you know, whatever it is, I'm drained from work. I'm drained from parenting. And I'm by no means sitting here saying, let's have toxic positivity. No, I don't believe in that. I actually lived in toxic positivity for probably about six months when I had a coach that was extremely toxic and all she cared about was my money, did not care about anything in my business and where it was going. And I was really looking for guidance. So anything that she, she gave me, I was, I was taking and it was completely derailing me from true authenticity of really finding what energized me. Now, obviously what energizes people is different, but I mean, these are general things that either, you know, you need to do and you just find excuses to not do it or things that you didn't realize could actually energize you that you should start doing. Now, I don't like to say should, because that's very judgmental. (laughs) You should do this. But when I say that, I say it in a loving way of, I think that there's research out there that supports, and I can say, putting up that right hand, telling the truth. This is my story, you know, and and I have struggled with a lot of things that I am sharing in this Resilience Unlimited show that I feel have truly benefited me and I feel um, benefit clients I work with. And I want this to resonate with you too. So last episode, episode six, 
back in 2023, even though I'm recording this still in 2023, but you're listening to this live or in 2024. So last episode was focused on success. What does success look like to you? Now, I'm convinced that if you don't have your core values together, if you don't really know what your success looks like, what your why is in life, you're not moving with a purpose and you're constantly going to be burnt out because you're just on this wheel of, I get up, I go to work, um, I pay my bills, I have to have groceries in the house. You know, if you have kids and that's a whole other wheel of exhaustion, you're just human being rather than human doing. And so you really have to keep your finger on the pulse of your success because it's not something that you can just press play and then set it and forget it. You have to be able to check in with your success on a weekly, daily, quarterly, annually um, level. You know, you need to know, like, am I moving forward in life? Am I moving towards the things that energize me, not the things that burn us out? And when we get into our probably our late 20s, early 30s, that's really when the burnout is real. Like you're like, shit, I am tired of adulting right now. This is exhausting. And what's the point of doing this? So to relate this to me, you know, I said my five pillars of success, which by the way, I did every year, I always have a rapid planning, um, a rapid planning uh, movement, goals, goal setting sheet. And so I do this for my personal goals and then my husband and I do it at the end of the calendar year to really reset for next year. So did we achieve our goals last year? What are things we want to work towards? You know, all of these things. And we we have our own pillars, our own mission and vision for our marriage. Like we've done the legwork. So now it's kind of just on like autoplay of like, all right, let's look at last year. We do it collectively and we do it individually that supports our marriage. And you have to work at these things. So I just did my success pillars for my RPM for 2024. So I broke it down with my marriage, three goals, two massive actions per goal. So marriage, motherhood, um, physical, mental, and spiritual health, healthy relationships, and my business. Okay, so those are the five pillars for me that equate to success. So my fourth year of teaching, I was working in a specialized private school. I was commuting. I've had... (laughs) I've had the worst commutes now that I think about it. So I live in Maryland. I live in the in the DMV area. And so I was living in the suburbs of Maryland at the time, commuting into DC. And it was awful. It was just awful. And I had massive responsibilities as a lead teacher, working um, with these special ed kids who were functioning at two to three grades lower than where they were. And I was hired because of my Orton Gillingham certification. So, you know, I had the stress of, getting these kids, not on grade level, but getting them moving towards, you know, where they were in the beginning of the year, where can they be at the end of the year? You know, really high paying tuition, tuition paying parents. You know, I'm talking at the time, $40,000 a year for elementary school. You know, the pressure was on. I had an associate teacher that depended on lesson plans because she was helping me with my code groups. I had a fucking student teacher (laughs) That definitely was not the job description when I interviewed, but I had a student teacher from American University that I was responsible for and had no idea until like the first week of me working there. And I was like, holy shit, how am I supposed to do this? So I, at that time, 
had to use my innate leadership skills, but I hadn't managed teachers before. I hadn't trained teachers. As a matter of fact, I was trying to manage my own damn classroom. And on top of that, I was writing 14 lesson plans a day. And it was stressful because these kids had such severe needs that I couldn't just have like three plans and kind of rinse and repeat. I mean, they were so specialized because of their cognitive abilities and where they were with their language disabilities. I mean, it was exhausting and I legit had no personal life, none. So at that point in my life, I wasn't successful in my current definition of success at all. So maybe the only thing I was successful in and happy with, and I really couldn't truly be happy with, was my physical health. No matter what, I would always get to the gym. I don't know how many days a week I was working out, but that was my only outlet. And I had no time to date. I had no time to go out. I mean, I would literally you know, it would take me 90 minutes sometimes to get home from the DC traffic. I would go to the gym, I'd come home and make dinner and I would lesson plan and I would go to bed and I was living off of like four or five hours of sleep. It was miserable. So then fast forward to to my sixth year into teaching. Okay. So I was now in public school. My commute was 10 minutes away. I was married. I became a mother. I was currently working on my doctorate degree. So right there, it's like, oh man, two years went by. She's real successful, right? Yeah, no, I was just hitting two areas of those success pillars. Okay, so I I was married and now I was a mother. Okay, and those are just titles, but what does success look like in that? So there was like little to no personal growth and my relationships at that point were really rocky. I didn't have the skills, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't understand my own regulation. I mean, there was so much that I needed to kind of just unveil. But then fast forward to my first year being an entrepreneur, and that was June of 2022. So at this point, again, on the outside, oh man, she's got it together. So I'm my own boss. I have several clients. I'm juggling several contract jobs as an educational consultant, working um, with different school districts, large school districts, um, really, de- you know, delivering training, MTSS training, dyslexia screening training, dyslexia awareness training to, you know, Chicago public schools, New York City public school. I mean, that sounds like success, right? But I was neglecting my relationships. I was neglecting motherhood, my marriage. The whole point of me opening and starting my own business was to have that flexibility and freedom. But that all fell to shit. I mean, at one point, I laugh now, it's not funny. But at one point, I was like, I want a divorce. I want to move out. I want to start my life over. It was, it wasn't success. And so here's the thing. Here's the key. It's all about balance and energy and vitality. So when you find the energy It's something that you have to work hard at every day, okay? So you have to find the energy and that requires boundaries. So if you are a little rusty on your boundaries, you might want to listen to that episode too. But finding energy is all about what fits your nervous system's needs, okay? So everybody has their nervous system. But like what works for your nervous system, what calms your nervous system, what makes your nervous system get to that ventral state where you can be creative, where you can sit and listen and take in information. You're not in that fight or flight 
feeling anxious, feeling on edge, feeling like there's something you still need to do. You're not going to be energized. You're actually burning yourself out. And I've lived that. I've lived that most of my life. And it's still a work in progress, you know, like I'm not done learning and growing, but I know the things that aren't healthy for me. And I know the things that will fry my nervous system. And I know the things that I used to have a a high tolerance and a callus for, I don't have anymore. You know, if I get near someone who I knew was toxic years ago and I'm around them now and they're the same person, I'm not. So I'm very sensitive to that um, toxicity. So I need to then equip myself to have my boundaries around that. You know, is it just I stay around this person for 10 minutes? Is it someone I have to work with? Is it someone, you know, in my family? Like whatever it is, is a family function, you know, just have boundaries around those things so you can protect your energy. So I'm going to give you 15 practical tips. Like I said, some of them you're going to be like, oh, come on. But honestly, if you do them, you'll feel them. Okay. Energy is it's just that. Like, what is your vibration? Do you come to the table looking raggedy, looking tired? Is, is your body language like, I don't want to be here? Like, what is your energy? What do you bring to the table? Do you come into the room and everyone like flocks to you because you got a smile, you look rejuvenated, you look well rested, you, you've got things to share? Well, you, that's high energy there. That's high vibration. So you have to figure like, where is your energy? And I'm not talking about people that, you know, some people are just a little bit more quiet than others. That's different. I'm literally talking about, like, I'm going to give you middle schoolers as a great example. That is a great example of energy. The amount of middle schoolers that I've worked with who would come to school with their hood on, head on the desk. Now that is telling me that you are not ready to learn. You are here because you were told you had to be here you're tired. You probably stayed up late and played video games. You probably didn't eat a good breakfast. You probably aren't drinking enough water. Therefore, you're physically here, but your energy is low. And it's going to take a lot to get that energy back up. Thumbs up. I don't know where that thumbs up came from if you're watching this, but thumbs up. Clearly, the podcast is agree. So the first tip is get adequate sleep. All right. I truly believe you, everybody's different. Literally every body is different, but you've got to ensure that you're getting enough quality sleep. Lack of sleep can significantly impact your cognitive function and your mental energy. So I know some jobs demand that you get 30 seconds of sleep. I I couldn't do it. I mean, honestly, if I don't get seven to eight hours of sleep a night, it's, it's going to be rough, really going to be rough. And because I think I exert so much energy, because I have so much fire in me, I'm always thinking, I'm always, you know, burning calories in the brain, if you will. I, if I don't, if I don't watch my energy, I get burnt out pretty quickly and I have to take a nap. I mean, it's it's crazy now that I'm so in tune with my body now where I'm like, okay, how, what did I do today to feel so exhausted by 2 p.m.? you know, or what didn't I do today? And I have more energy at 2 p.m. So know what kind of sleep you need so you can recharge your body because your body is recharging itself when it sleeps. Whether you believe it or not, it is. There's sleep studies on this. The second one is a big one. I'm a big proponent of this. If you're watching, got my water bottle. You've got to stay hydrated. There are so many people out there I don't get it. I really don't. I really don't at all. I've always been a massive water drinker, 
down to the point, like I remember even in college always, I mean, I'm in high school, always having a glass of water by my bedside, you know, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I, I still chug water before I, I go to bed. I don't know. I just feel better when there's water in my body. And so if we're not drinking enough, our muscles are really tense. Our skin is really, you know, it, it's, it's just not healthy. It's dry. Think about your brain, your body, your body is made up of water. So if you're depleting your body and your brain of water, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to have brain fog. You are going to be irritable. Um, you're probably going to have a lot of cotton mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just important to make sure that you are getting your proper intake. Now, I don't know what the standard water intake is. I try to drink at least half of my body's weight in ounces, but that's just me. And I feel when my body isn't getting that amount, because in the wintertime, it's, it's harder for me to drink that much water because I'm not really sweating. I am working out, but I'm not, you know, it's not hot outside, you know, it's 20, 30 degrees. So I'm not really sweating enough to feel like I need it, but you have to really make sure you're getting enough water. Okay. The third tip is a balanced nutrition. So for the longest time, for 10 years, I was pescatarian and it was a personal choice because just red meat, just meat in general, just didn't, didn't sit well with me, but more so red meat. And so I, from 24 to 34, I did not eat red meat. Occasionally I had chicken every now and then just because I craved it. Um, but I was a big seafood person being from Maryland. So I was like, I can't be vegetarian. I can't be vegan because I love my cheese, I love my eggs, and I love my seafood. So I was pescatarian. But it wasn't until two years ago. Yeah, this was about two years ago. I My energy was just lacking. And I have a pretty fast metabolism, um, which I'm grateful for now. And for the longest time, I was irritated with it because I'm like, I'm always hungry and I know that I work out a lot, but I mean, you know, I thought the older you get, your metabolism slows down, but I guess my metabolism, my body is really on a routine. So I was starving all the time. And so between my commute and coming home and making dinner for the family and, you know, making sure, you know, my kids have what they needed and packing lunches, I found myself just like, I, I couldn't think of meals anymore because my energy was so low and the brain fog was so prevalent that one day it dawned on me. I said, you know, I'm just going to go back to eating meat because I just need that instant protein. I don't want to have to think of all these variety, vegan, vegetarian meals. I'm just going to do it. And so now two years in, I have a more balanced diet for my body where I am now, you know, those 10 years, maybe that's what I needed to sustain myself because I didn't have all the balls in the air of, you know, being married and, and, uh, worrying about kids. And I have like a fucking zoo in this house and I have like th three animals here. So, I mean, it's just like a lot of people depend on me. So you have to find the balanced nutrition that works for you, but you have to make sure that you are fueling your body in a way that works for you. I mean, think about a car, you want to put in the, the best kind of gas to make sure it runs smoothly. The next tip is regular exercise. So some of you might be like, I don't like to exercise. I don't like to, you know, honestly, I had to shift my mindset. This one was a big thing for me for the longest time. I thought that 
exercising seven days a week, you're healthy. You're good. You're healthy. I'm healthy. You know, coming from being a division one athlete, running track at Syracuse University for four years on a scholarship, full scholarship, I was working out four hours a day. It took a really, like my body was beat up. I mean, the amount of injuries I had, like I can't, I still, I can't really run anymore how I used to. Obviously I can't run the 400 now, but you know, I, I just, I can't do distance runs because my body, it just doesn't work. And so for the longest time, I had to shift my mindset to say, you know what, just because I'm fit and I work out 87 days a week does not mean that I'm holistically healthy. It does not mean that I have holistic energy. So what do I need to do to shift that? And I think what I, what I noticed was I had to shift working out was more about what will my future self be grateful for, for what I'm doing now. So I work out to stay strong. I work out to um, ensure that, that I have the strength when I am older and I can do more when I'm older and my body is healthy and I'm taking care of the things I need to. So all of a sudden I don't pull out my back and then I'm, I'm out of commission for six months, you know? And so I had to switch what regular exercise meant to me, but, but also for me, it was an endorphin release. So I still have to find things that challenge me, but still make it worth my while to boost my energy. So you have to find something that works for you. Some people just walk, you know? I have a lot of respect for walkers. I used to think that was a joke workout. But once I started walking my German Shepherd this past summer, I mean, we were walking 10 miles a week and she lost like 10 pounds. She was a little overweight. So we had to get her on a diet plan and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I was like, wow, okay, I'm walking 10 miles a week. That's exercise. All I need to do is make sure I'm strengthening my muscles too. So find what works for you. So to all of my ADHDers out there, this one's a huge one. You have to take breaks. Now, my therapist <laughs> demanded, she's like, you hyper-focus and, you know, sometimes it's a good thing, but but more than often you need to take a break. You need to step away. She's like, you need to take a break every hour. I'm like, every hour? I got things to do. But it's it's true. It's really, really true. I mean, yesterday... I had two discovery calls back to back. It was a lot for me to take in. Um, I had to create some proposals. I was very excited about it. Always excited to have a discovery call and send proposals to potential clients, of course. But my initial instinct was to keep working through that. So after those discovery calls, set up those proposals, send them out, make sure I'm setting them up for success. But instead, I've trained myself to say, okay, I've been sitting here physically for an hour. I've been using my brain and energy for an hour. I've been, you know, showcasing my expertise for an hour. I need to go take a break. And so what I did was I went to the pool and the pool is my meditative exercising. So I do 30 minutes of swimming and hopefully when it's quiet in there, I can think. And then I came back and then I wrote my proposals. So, I mean, taking those breaks is a great way to prevent that mental fatigue, because if we just keep pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, that's not going to sustain us long-term. Okay. So, you know, you can take a five minute break. You can take, I don't know. I mean, that was an hour break for me because I swim for 30 minutes and then I sweat it out in a sauna for 15 and then give or take getting dressed and getting back home. It's about an hour round trip. So take breaks. 
mindfulness and meditation is a huge one. Now you can be religious or non-religious, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Mindfulness and meditation has nothing to do with that. It's really about stress relief, improving focus, boosting mental clarity, you know, really stopping and thinking and processing without the, the noise. And mindfulness and meditation has made a massive difference in my life. I mean, I used to meditate years ago with, with monks, actually, it was quite interesting. When I was living in Atlanta, I was really on a quest for self in my twenties. I was reading all of Oprah's Super Soul Sunday books. I was reading Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukoff. I was reading, um, gosh, what was some other books I read? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember one summer I was just like ravenous. You know, I was just a voracious reader. Like I can learn about myself. And I uh, found this place somewhere in Atlanta where I think it was a Thai place, but anyway, they were monks and I would sit there. I'd go there two, three times a week and I would just sit and meditate. And it was quite the experience. And at one point I got up to like 30 minutes of sitting. It was pretty impressive. And, um, and then life happened and I stopped meditating for years. I mean, gosh, maybe six or seven years. I tried every now and then to do it 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes, 30 seconds here, a minute there, five minutes there, but it never stuck. And it wasn't until about six months ago was when I really committed myself to the practice to say, you know, I'm just going to show up every day and see what happens. And it's made a huge difference in my energy, huge difference. So consider learning about mindfulness and meditation. It doesn't have to be an hour a day. You don't have to sit with monks. You don't have to go anywhere. You can just do it in your seat. I mean, there's walking meditation. There's so many types of meditation and it's now a more attractive thing these days. All right. Tip seven. Yes. I'm giving a lot of tips today because it's January 2nd and I want you to kick this off. Right. I want you to feel good about yourself. I want you to find your energy. So tip seven is to set realistic goals. Perfect timing, right? January 2nd. So go back and listen to the last episode about what success means to you and then work backwards, work backwards and figure out, okay, here are my success pillars. It doesn't have to be five. And what goals do I want to achieve within these success pillars? And how do I make it happen? Well, first of all, what are the goals? What's the purpose? And how do I make these happen? And it's just as simple as that. And then you just build out and work towards that. When you can wake up every morning and know that you're aiming towards something, you feel good. You're excited to get out of bed. You're not interested in hitting that snooze button and rolling over and sleeping for another half hour to hit that snooze button again. You're like, time is of the essence. So set realistic goals. The eighth tip is to prioritize and organize. So again, with my ADHD friends out there, prioritizing and organizing can be extremely overwhelming. I can speak from personal experience. You think everything is important. You have a hard time with that executive functioning. So you're like, but I got to go grocery shop. I got to walk the dog. I got to uh, plan this, this podcast episode. I got to record the podcast episode. I got to edit the podcast episode. I got to upload the podcast. I mean, th- that's what goes on in my head. I don't need to get 18 podcast episodes recorded, edited, uh, uploaded, and scheduled in five minutes. <laughs> it's just not reasonable. So you have to zoom out and say, okay, let's prioritize what needs to be done this week. What needs to be done today? What needs to be done this month? And so when you can do that, you're actually like realizing you're reducing that mental clutter and you can really enhance that focus. 
tip nine, socialize and connect. So for my um, introverted friends out there, it's always good to still find maybe one social thing a week to do. But for me as the extrovert, I actually have to be very careful with who I socialize and connect with because I get so overwhelmed with meeting so many people, like the excitement and the thoughts and the the potential connections, business connections, personal connections, whatever it is, starts percolating. And I'm not, first of all, being present. I'm not prioritizing, you know, the purpose of this. And I don't mean like transactional, but I have learned that I don't need to take in everything. So I have to find meaningful conversations and build a supportive network and and nurture those. And socializing and networking and connecting is really, really important for, for everyone. I mean, we're social beings. We weren't meant to be hermits. We were meant to socialize and connect. Tip 10, learn something new, right? Like we want to learn every day. And maybe you're like, you know, I can't stand those people that are like, oh, I went to college. That's it. I don't, I haven't, I haven't learned anything in 15 years. What the, what? Well, you're stifling, you're stifling yourself completely. Maybe you're learning something from your spouse. Maybe you're learning how to love. Maybe you're learning how to listen. Maybe you're learning how to improve your health. You know, there's always something to learn. It doesn't have to be a formal class. You don't have to go to a formal school or get a formal degree. You can learn on so many different platforms. You can learn on a podcast. You can learn and an audiobook you can learn on YouTube. I mean, there's just so much to say about learning. And there's so much to say about people who say that they haven't learned anything in a long time. I'm constantly learning. I'm learning how to be more generous watching my five-year-old grab candy from her Halloween basket to give to her bus driver. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, why are you always giving away your candy? She's like, because I want to. And I, I just really like the smile on their face. I'm like, wow, generosity right there. All right, cool. Tip 11 is to limit distractions. Now, this is a huge one, okay? Huge. So I myself get easily distracted, especially with my ADHD. It's awful. I had to set some firm boundaries with myself with my phone. So I have, I think I talked about this in a previous episode. I have notification silence. Like right now I'm recording this podcast. I want to be completely present. I don't want text messages and emails coming in that I can see. And then all of a sudden my attention's veering off to another screen. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, where'd she go? She's not present. She's not here. That's a distraction. I have to have boundaries with my phone to say it turns off at this time and I can't access it until this time because it's a distraction. And I found that for me, I would be reading stuff, watching stuff, reading emails, seeing text messages from maybe people that were very triggering and I would bring that into my sleep. So going back to to practical energy tip number one, sleep. I need sleep. So if I'm going to bed with negative stuff happening and that's on my brain, then that's going to seep into my deep sleep. That's going to impact my REM, right? So we have to limit distractions. And that means people. Some people are truly distractions. You just got to set it aside and ignore it. Turn that notification off. You don't need to listen to that. You need to focus on your mental energy. 12 is to stay positive. Again, not toxic positivity. 
but you can cultivate a positive mindset. So focus on what you can control. Practice gratitude and challenge those negative thoughts to maintain mental resilience. So I actually have a um, 53 or 54 page um, cognitive distortion mindset workbook. It's in my shop on my website. I think it's like $20. And it breaks down all 14 cognitive distortions. And then it gives you examples of them. And then it gives you journal prompts for you to really focus on like, oh, this cognitive distortion keeps showing up. You can journal about it. And then I also have scenarios so you can practice what this would look like to shift your mindset. We all are going to have negative moments and times and feelings where people, you know, that's not, that's toxic positivity. If you're like, everything's great. Everything's good. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's like, but you're not because you're over the top telling me you're doing great. So you're actually masking that you're really falling apart inside. So you want to be honest with yourself, but you want to focus on what you can control. You want to practice gratitude. You want to name that emotion. You want to be able to say, okay, I'm catastrophizing right now. And here's the situation. Here's what's going on. But how can I reframe that? 13 is to get sunlight exposure. This is a big one. And this one is something I struggle with, with daylight savings. So when the sun is starting to go down at like 4.15, it's really, really, really hard for me. Now I've learned over the years, my own coping strategies and mechanisms, and I make sure that I do get as much sunlight as possible, but I am more of a summer girl. I like sitting outside and enjoying that weather with a nice, cool, white glass of wine and the sun's going down at 8.30, but that's not the reality. So you have to make sure that you are getting enough sunlight exposure. You're getting fresh air, you know, take a five minute walk outside, you know, go get the mail, whatever it is, but you want to make sure you're getting that sunlight exposure. Tip 15 is to stay physically active. So that regular physical activity, it has obviously the numerous benefits for that mental energy, but you really want to, like I said, working out is something that is slightly different, but staying physically active. Like I said, maybe you're going for walks. Maybe you're walking the dog. Maybe you are making sure you're getting your steps in so you're not sitting all day. So you just really want to make sure you're releasing those endorphins and getting the blood flowing to the brain. I know on my Apple watch, it actually tells me, oh, you need to stand. So, you know, we have technology to really help us regulate and remind us to drink water. You can even track your sleep on your Apple watch if you have that latest version. So take advantage of the resources that you have. Okay. So the 15th tip, practical tip is to delegate and seek support. So delegation is actually a positive skill. Some people think if you were asking for help, that you're weak when really, when you're asking for help or delegating, telling someone, hey, I need you to do this. You're actually in a sound place to say, I'm one person. Who am I to think that I can do all 50 of these things? I mean, that is really not healthy. It's not a good mindset. So when you have support, you want to use that support. It's kind of like having a team. A team gets more done versus one person. So it's important to seek support from colleagues or friends or family or coaching. You can always invest in coaching. You can always invest in 
how can I improve myself to really understand maybe you don't know what supports you need. So maybe you have to look within. So those are 15 practical tips to help you increase your energy. So some of them you might be like, what the hell? I, I, I can't do that. That's fine. That's your choice. That's what you can control. But if you really want to be able to find more energy in the 24 hours of your day, then you'll get started and you'll figure out how to make it work for you. Another thing I do want to say is that I am so excited to share with you that I use something called LifeWave, which is a, um, it's a brand and they have these vitality patches. It's a little small sticky patch you can put um, on your chest or on your back or on the back of your neck. And really what it does, it's activating your stem cells. And what I love about it is I've been using it now for almost two months. It, it, it's catered to your body. There's no drugs. It's all light therapy. So wherever your body needs those stems rejuvenated, it will connect that and find it and it'll start repairing it. And you'll start feeling more energy, more vitality um, within like a week. And I myself was like, let me try this. Let me see. And I got to tell you, between all the things that I just described here, the tips and the things that I do on top of this patch, I mean, I don't feel like I'm, quote, getting old. Yes, I'm getting old biologically, but old is a mindset. So if I'm making sure that I'm staying you know, grounded and have my energy and my vitality and pouring into myself and my family. And, you know, I want my cup to quote Oprah to runneth over. So if you're interested in learning more about these vitality life patches, be sure to click the link in the bio and it'll give you all the information about how the technology works. Again, there's no drugs. There's nothing you're inserting. It's literally like a little sticker you put on your body leave it on for 12 hours. It does its job. When you take it off, you sleep and your body is rejuvenating and activating those cells because we lose stem cells after the age of 30. And it just keeps like producing, well, not producing, but it keeps degenerating as we get older, which is why when people get older, they get arthritis or they're hunched over or, you know, whatever, they can't move as fast. Well, we want to have more vitality longer so we can really love the life that we're living, that we're creating. So be sure to check that out, the link in my bio. And then also, of course, as always, if you're interested in investing in yourself, you can always delve into how you can become the best version of yourself and you can book a free discovery call. So I do have two different discovery calls. So if you're listening as a parent who is interested in some educational therapy services or in um, really want to learn more about that, please hop on a discovery call. So it will prompt you with questions. If those questions don't align with what you thought it was or what you're looking for, you're probably in the wrong place. If it does, be sure to fill it out. And I'd love to meet you. If you're looking for coaching, you're going to click the other discovery call link. And that is focused more on the coaching. So I have the group Elevate Her coaching and that is $99 a month for six months. And you can click that link and it will show you all of the um, things that you get within that six month 
coaching program. And then I also have the Illuminate Her one-to-one. So you and I will be working specifically on your goals and getting you the desired outcome that you so deserve to have. And that one is uh, $999 a month for a six-month period. So I look forward to meeting you, hearing more from you. I'd love to support you in your journey. And I really hope you found this episode um, very energizing. And I hope to hear more from you about how your energy journey is going. So I will see you all next week.